Breakdown. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Andrew Jakubitz, here on the Breakdown Sports NBA podcast. I am happy to be here for episode five of the podcast. Uh, for those of you listening, first-time listeners, check out our website. And even for those that have been listening every single episode, www.thebreakdownsports.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Breakdown Sports. That's B-R-K-D-W-N. I'm joined today by Alex and Calvin. Phil's on the board, taking care of any edits that need to be done. Uh, but Alex, Calvin, how are you guys doing today? Uh, you know, pretty good, pretty good. Um, getting ready for the big game. And really excited to get this podcast started. Yeah, same. I'm excited for the big game. So uh, we're, we're rolling here talking basketball and getting football game at the end of the day. It's going to be pretty good. But we are recording this before the Patriots win another championship. Uh, and Calvin predicts another football game wrong. So whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm counting on Sean McVay today. The student now beats the teacher. We'll see. Uh, Sean McVay was one years old when Belichick went to his first uh, championship game. So... We'll see. Um, but all right. So uh, before we get started here, a little plug for some betting. Uh, as we said, the biggest game in the NFL is one of the most fun games to bet on with all of the different prop bets. And we use MyBookie. So if you're not already on there, go to MyBookie and sign up. You will get a 50% bonus when you deposit a minimum of $100 utilizing code breakdown. So basically, if you deposit $100, you are going to get $50 bucks free using code BREAKDOWN. That's B-R-K-D-W-N for your 50% bonus. So deposit more, you get even more off of that 50% bonus. Don't leave any money on the table. Use the promo code BREAKDOWN to get your 50% bonus today. And as always, bet responsibly. And by that, I mean bet the over, because life is too short to bet the under. Uh, So that's what we got there. I think it's time to start talking about some NBA. And now this has been a crazy week for some NBA fans. Of course, Last week, we get done recording. I go to sleep. I wake up in the morning to a Woj bomb about Anthony Davis requesting to be traded. So let's start there. Uh, he just says he doesn't want to play for New Orleans anymore. He wants to get traded. He wants to go to a winning team, is what it's quoted saying. And we'll start with Alex. You know, Give me your thoughts on his want to be traded. Uh, we'll get into some potential trade offers here in a bit. But what do you think about that? And then you know, if you want to offer where you think he's going to go, let's hear it. Well, first and foremost, you know, as a players' right activist, I am all for players requesting trades to go to a situation that's more appealing for themselves. Um, so I'm, I'm loving this Anthony Davis uh, request to be traded because, I mean, he's been in New Orleans far too long and barely had has seen any success besides personal success of him, you know, becoming one of the best big men we have in the league. Um, besides that. You know, as a as the resident Lakers fan in in on the breakdown, uh, of course, I'd like to see him in purple and gold. But that doesn't necessarily mean he needs to be in purple and gold this year, because, of course, he has already said he's not looking to resign to whomever he's getting traded to. Besides the Lakers, reportedly. So, I mean, the Lakers could do the same thing that they tried with Paul George and sit back and wait for free agency to see if that works. And if it doesn't. Oh, well, but I think that would be better off than trading this young core just to get Anthony Davis. And then you have a watered down roster after that because you have to 
sell the farm just to get the cow that is Anthony Davis. All right. Interesting uh, take on that. Calvin, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm totally with Alex on this one. Uh, I like players having their own kind of control on uh, what they do. Um, so this is great. I think the situation there was a little toxic in, in New Orleans and um, they weren't really putting the greatest pieces around a guy like Anthony Davis. And so I like this. Uh, same with Alex. I'd love to see him in the in the purple and gold. I'm a huge LeBron guy. And so I think those two guys could could easily rule the West uh, pretty easily when they're both healthy and rolling. Um, it's just a matter of what Magic and Palinka are, are going to offer them. Um, and, and, you know, we'll get to those in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I like the move. I think it's time for him to to get out of there. I think it's time for him to start. You know, he talked about, um, I think it was maybe, maybe might have been yesterday. I might be wrong. Correct me. But he was talking about his legacy and how, you know, the money's going to come or whatever. But pretty much saying I want to win championships. And so uh, I guess New Orleans was not the place for, for him to do that. So uh, I like the move. Yeah, I, you guys kind of took a question I wanted to pose to you guys out of uh, out of the air by answering it regarding uh, players requesting trades, basically. And I think I agree with you. I think it makes sense for a player to say, hey, I don't really like the situation I'm in. I want to be traded. You know, Anthony Davis has the right to say, I would like to go play for these teams. That doesn't mean that's where he's going to go, though, right? I mean, it all depends on what they offer. So I feel like some people's arguments about this takes away the GM position or anything else, that doesn't, that's not necessarily true. You still want to find the right offer for your team. And uh, we'll see what they find. I, I, I also agree that maybe going to the Lakers right now isn't the right time because they are going to have to give away everything to get him. And then that doesn't leave you with a lot of options to really turn that into a winning team that really has the ability to make a championship run, I don't think, until they at least round it out. Because, I mean, Anthony Davis and LeBron are amazing, but there are still some stacked teams in that Western Conference. So that'd be interesting to see how that would pan out. Uh, Let's dive into the offer, though, that's already on the table, uh, reportedly. The first offer from the Lakers to the Pelicans was Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, and a first-round pick. And apparently, New Orleans just kind of shrugged that one off and said, eh, that's not enough. So... Uh, we'll go with Calvin Alex here. What it, I feel like this was it. Like this was it minus Ingram that they could literally give up, uh, with the exception of maybe another pick to get Anthony Davis. And New Orleans basically said, "No, that's not enough." So, what do you think about this? Is is there a trade offer that Lakers could make right now? Now that you hear this, that would really get New Orleans kind of going. Um, man, the, what, what bothered me about that trade offer was the fact that Rondo was in there, um, and that Lonzo's in there. I don't know if magic is planning on coming back and playing point guard. Cause there go both of your point guards. And so, I, I mean, I get where maybe new Orleans could have just should have just jumped. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't like the fact that both his point guards are there. I think Rondo needs to stay because he controls the tempo and he helps LeBron out with that type of, um, with that type of stuff. And so um, I, I think that would be a, a better way to do it. If you could, I actually had a, um, I went through the, the trade, what's it called? The trade machine on ESPN. And, um, I would go, I would go Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Zubak, and another, and a pick. If they want two picks, fine, give them two picks. But I think that's the way you do it. You still have enough guys on the bench, um, to, to still have a viable team, especially with LeBron and Anthony Davis. But I think you have to keep Rondo just because, he helps LeBron out so much with, in terms of tempo, in terms of pace. And when you have an IQ like Rondo and an IQ like LeBron, 
Um, your team tends to play pretty, pretty darn good. So I think the offer was good. Uh, I just would not have put Rondo in that deal. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Alex, you just named yourself resident Lakers fan of the breakdown sports. So what are your thoughts on this trade and any other offers you'd be willing to entertain to get him? Well, I don't really like the offer by the Lakers. Like I said, that kind of sells the farm just to get one guy. And also it, it changes your cap situation um, so that you're not as flexible as they would be moving forward right now. If they didn't have Anthony Davis, it makes sense though. You want to, you know, try to put the best foot forward to get the guy. And I honestly don't even think that this was a actual offer. I think it was more of a, a seed planted by the Lakers to, you know, to, to push the narrative that they're actually actively trying to get him so that they don't run into a Paul George situation where they're saying, or Paul George was saying, Hey, you didn't come get me. So now I'm not going to sign with you, which I believe is a conspiracy anyway. I think if I could just speak on that for just a second, I think that Paul George not being a Laker right now is a, a move made by Adam Silver as far as, you know, the, collusion and tampering that the Lakers quote unquote did before Paul George was a thunder. So it, and that's neither here nor there, but it's their effort to try to, you know, make, make it look like they're trying to get him right now, which I don't necessarily think they are trying to do. Also the Pelicans refusing this offer, I think is another tampering case by Greg Popovich. Popovich is reported to call, have called the GM of the, the Pelicans and saying, don't fold on any, on any deal for the Lakers. Cause one, he doesn't want to see the Lakers shine. And two, he wants to hold the Pelicans down so that he has, you know, a team to beat another team to beat in the Western conference. So as far as an offer for the Lakers to give up for Anthony Davis, I don't know. I would be fine with trading Rondo. I think they should keep Lonzo. I think they should keep the younger, cheaper option versus, you know, Rondo has a $9 million cap hit, I think, this year. And then he's a free agent, and then you have to re-sign him. Who knows what he's going to ask for next year? Secondly, if they did trade Lonzo and Rondo at the same time, they do have Josh Hart to play point, which I think he's a very capable guy. I think he could start in this league if he was given the opportunity. And lastly, if they really wanted to get this job done, I think it's not going to be a straight-up Lakers-Pelicans trade. I think they need to bring in a third team. Um, on my Twitter account, I'm just going to plug that really quick. I proposed a trade that sent that involved the Washington Wizards that sent Bradley Beal to um, to New Orleans instead of, and then it sent Ingram to Washington, Rondo to Washington, Zubox to New Orleans. That way, every team got some young pieces, some guys on rookie deals, and some guys that you could build around. And then you know the Lakers throw in three first round picks, and then maybe the Pelicans throw in a second to give to the Wizards. And I think you can get that deal done. Yeah, I actually agree with that as well. Um, at least the second half of that play the X-Files theme song for that conspiracy you just dropped at the beginning. I'm not going to touch that. Um, but I think that this has to be a three-team trade if Anthony Davis gets sent uh, away before the trade deadline. It, just based on the amount of money that needs to switch hands, especially if he's going to the Lakers, they have a lot of expiring contracts and not a lot of large amounts of cap to really trade to make it work um you know i do have a question to kind of pose to you guys quick i know we've been on the ad trade for a little bit but i think it's still a large thing looming over the nba because anthony davis is one of the top 10 players in the nba and he will really impact 
the, a conference wherever he goes or whatever team he ends up at. So my question is, uh, Anthony Davis is under contract through the 2021 season. So the U, if, if any other team were to trade for him that isn't the Lakers, they would essentially have him for a year and a half. Do you think there's any chance that it, uh, Paul George gets pulled where he goes to a different team, he likes it, and he ends up staying and not going to the Lakers? I'll jump in there first. I think the only way that happens if, is if he sees some great success. I mean, he's never even seen a, a conference finals. So maybe if that team, if he gets traded to a team, like let's say Portland pulls something out of their hat and gets Anthony Davis, they have the ability to make it to the conference finals. Anthony Davis sees that. It's like, hey. You know, I can make make it work here with Lillard and whoever is left after they make that trade. So I could see it happening. It's a very, very slim chance. It would either have to be Portland, Boston, Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, that's a short list. I, that's only two teams. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine Milwaukee making a package that could get Anthony Davis. <laughs> so they're not on my list, unfortunately. Uh, Galvin, what do you think about that question? Um, yeah, I think it's a very slim list as well. I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. Um, and like, I, like Alex said, he's going to have to have some absolute, like, massive success. Uh, conference finals or finals to him, to where the team, the management, and, and the brass of the team can can convince him to stay. You know, wherever that is. I just think a player of his caliber, and I think Anthony Davis. The name is big. He needs to be somewhere big. And so, you know, L.A., New York or whatever the big cities are, I think he's he's due that big market. Um, Boston, I guess, if they can somehow pull it off. Um, but I think the list is slim. Uh, like Alex said, I don't see him going anywhere else. Uh, like he said himself, you know, anywhere he goes, it's just going to be a rental. And so I don't see anybody convincing him to stay. Um, anywhere he goes, I think he's destined for the big city life. I think he's destined for somewhere like LA. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think so too. Um, I think that the, yeah, I mean, Hey, resident Bucks fan on the breakdown sports. Uh, I don't think there's an offer that they can really make to get him just cause we don't have the assets and they want picks. It sounds like we don't have those to get up, but I mean, imagine Giannis and Anthony Davis together. Whew. That'd be great. Uh, but let's talk about one quick thing. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is named an all-star reserve, taking Victor Oladipo's spot for the all-star game. Uh, he was the Lakers guy. He was supposed to be the you know star of that team. Uh, and then they traded him to unload Timothy Mozgov's contract for Brooke Lopez, actually, uh, to the Nets. And then now they drafted Lonzo Ball to kind of replace him, take that guard spot, take that superstar quote spot, if you will. And now they're willing to trade him as well, it seems. So, I mean, is it interesting? Are the Lakers kind of just drafting and trading guys away that are actually good? Um, was D'Angelo never that good? And what do you think about the success that he's having over in New York? I think that D'Angelo Russell was always a good player. He was raw when he came into the league and needed some time to, you know, find his, his lane and be nurtured a little bit. Unfortunately, that couldn't be in L.A. because a new regime came in and they had different plans. That doesn't mean that he wasn't worthy of that number two pick that they used on him. And I think that inevitably this ended up the best for both situations for D'Angelo Russell for the Lakers and also for the Brooklyn Nets they got they got a solid young guard that they can um, use for the future now um, I don't think that 
the Lakers should be embarrassed or slighted that D'Angelo Russell is playing well. I mean, you knew that kid was good when you took him at number two, but his contract was about to be up. He needed a rookie extension. You wanted to free yourself up to sign LeBron James, which you did inevitably. So good job by you. Good job creating a deal that gave him the best opportunity to flourish. And also you, you dumped Moskov's salary. That was huge for them. So I don't like the, the backlash that the Lakers are getting about D'Angelo Russell playing well because we knew he was good. He just wasn't in the right situation at the time. And also he was still young. He was, what, 19, 20 when he left the Lakers? So you got to give him some time to, you know, find his groove. So I don't think it was bad. I'm sorry, Calvin. I'm going to jump in there real quick. I like what you said there, Alex, but I'm going to take a slightly different take. I think it shows you that you shouldn't give up on a true rebuild. Because think about it. We've drafted number two overall three of the last five drafts. At some point in time, we have to let these guys develop. I know that the main goal for every team is to try to acquire LeBron James. And having LeBron James expedites your rebuild. But think about the chemistry between Lonzo and and D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo being more of an offensive, not that good on defense. And Lonzo being a great defensive player and a great playmaker, but his shot's not there. Imagine them two guys in the backcourt together. That'd be a, a scary tandem, you know? Yeah, that's great, but you have to pay those guys. Look at Golden State. D'Angelo Russell is worthy of a, a five-year deal, and you can't afford that and all these number two picks that you keep getting and LeBron James, plus another star to go with him. It's just not possible. That's true. All right. Embrace debate, guys. Kevin, what do you think? Um, I'm a fan of D'Angelo Russell. I just didn't think he was in a comfortable spot. I never saw him play in the Lakers and and say, man, you know, he kind of commands the whole floor. It's kind of his team. And I think he needed that. And I think the move to Brooklyn uh, really worked out well for him and the Lakers. We kind of saw him and the organization in Brooklyn say, "Okay, here you go, dude. This is this is yours. And so I'm I'm excited, obviously not for you know, Oladipo getting injured, but I'm excited that, you know, he, uh, now that uh, Russell's got this spot in the all-star game, I think it's good for him. Um, it's interesting. I, I like that thought of, uh, the Phil was saying of having him, him and Lonzo in that backcourt. I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch. Um, but I think you'd have to work out the money stuff, but I'm happy for D'Angelo Russell. I think he's a pretty good player. I think he's playing very, very well. And, uh, that Nets team, I think we talked about it last time we recorded, uh, but but that Nets team is is a little scary at the moment. They're playing very good basketball, and it's mainly just because of D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to add. I agree, though, uh, with Alex that, you know, he was a good player, just need that time to develop. But I also feel like it's better that he went to Brooklyn because he, was, he wasn't in the spotlight. There wasn't these large expectations on him really there. He kind of was able to uh, develop in the dark, if you will, without all the spotlights, without the, you know, Lakers, uh, I would call inherent. Uh, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but just having that spotlight on you and, and these expectations to be good right away uh, for him to have a couple years to get better. And they're slowly good, p- putting good pieces around him uh, and building a solid team out there, as Calvin mentioned, uh, a potential sleeper uh, come playoff time. But let's stay in New York because some other big trade news has happened this week, and that's Kristaps Porzingis, the unicorn, requesting a trade from the Knicks again because he is tired of losing and wants to go to a winning team. And I feel I felt like not an hour later he was traded. So <laughs> he ended up being traded to the Dallas Mavericks. For those of you who did not hear, uh, the full trade uh, included so to going to 
Dallas, Kristaps Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Dallas gave up Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., and DeAndre Jordan. Uh, everybody knows Dennis Smith Jr. had some issues there in Dallas already, so they may have been looking to unload him as it was. Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan on expiring contracts. So very interesting trade. Uh, I mean, I think both sides actually kind of want it in their own right. But uh, overall, just kind of give me your thoughts on this trade. Uh, who won it? Who's going to be better? And then do you think Chris Stops will stay in Dallas as he does need a resign somewhere and he has not committed to that at all? Uh, Calvin, what are your thoughts? Uh, it, it was crazy when this went down um, because I was actually watching um, the local sports radio here in Dallas. I was watching them at Radio Row in Atlanta. They have a little webcam to kind of so people can watch their show while they do it there at the Super Bowl. And the news broke and I saw Twitter blow up. And then all of a sudden I look at my computer screen and all the guys just jumped up like crazy. You see them yelling and screaming. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I think I think Dallas won this trade right now uh, um, because the Knicks obviously unloaded of a bunch of stuff in order to get a couple big um Max offer guys, you know, the rumors are going around that Kevin Durant and Kyrie are probably going to be their two big targets. Um, and I think that is only the, the only way that this becomes successful is if the Knicks can land those two guys. If they can't get anybody and they just get a bunch of random guys, um, then, you know, that's just the Knicks. And so I think Dallas absolutely benefits from this. Um, I've, I've read that Porzingis might not play this year, which is okay. Cause he's still in that ACL, but when he comes back in, him and Luca and, and whatever's left in Dallas, I think that's that's a pretty good team. You can start to build off of that for, for years and years to come. And I think he's going to love playing with Luca, And I think that's why he's going to want to stay um, in Dallas uh, instead of, you know, leave and sign somewhere else, like you were saying, Andrew. Um, but I think Dallas won the trade for now. But the Knicks really got to make this thing work out or else this is just going to be a huge, absolute failure uh, that uh, on their part. Sure. Uh, Alex, I have a couple things to add after you say your piece, but what do you think? I think that as far as who won the trade, I think they both won because they got exactly what they wanted. The Mavericks got Dennis Smith out of Dallas and they got a big man that could pair very nicely with Luca. Um, the Knicks got exactly what they wanted because they wanted to clear cap space and not be, have to be on the clock with trying to you know, negotiate a Porzingis resigning. So I think the trade was good on both ends. I think ultimately the Knicks will probably win this trade because now they have the freedom to, you know, go get some big free agents. That's up to them to do. Um, and I don't, I think the Luca KP tandem will be great, but I don't know if that's enough to get them over the hump in the Western conference. Now, also, I don't think KP may, is destined to resign with Dallas either. You could see a sneaky team like, let's say Brooklyn, say, hey, come back to New York and we'll give you your max deal. And now you're with D'Angelo Russell and they already have a very stout defense and a, you know, a culture brewing there. That's just, you know, my unfounded hot take of the day, I guess. Um, but, <laughs> but as far as, you know, Porzingis being there, I think it's great that he's not going to play the rest of the season, get healthy, also be able to watch what's going on in Dallas and really learn the ins and outs of the franchise before committing to re-signing 
And I think it, it will end up being a great uh, opportunity for Przingis. I think Przingis won this out of everybody because now he has more options. Definitely. I don't think anybody would debate that. I think Porzingis got exactly what he wanted. He got out of New York. He got out of New York right away. And he go he goes to a team that has potential to win, uh, as you guys both mentioned with Luca there. I mean, basically Dallas found their replacement for Dirk. Uh, and Luca, you know, God, that, that tandem's I think, just going to be great. But uh, it's very interesting. One thing that came out uh, right after the trade, Porzingis puts on his Instagram uh, story, a black screen with white lettering that says, the truth will come out, smiley face. And then later follows it up with another post on his Instagram story that says, the city deserves better than that. My suggestion for Knicks fans is to stay woke. Peace. That's uh, what he put Sunday morning on his uh, Twitter account. So I don't have any idea what this means, what's going on in New York, if it's a front office thing, an ownership thing, or if he just is salty about being in New York. I don't know if you guys saw this, if you guys are first hearing about this, but any any takes on this? I saw it when it came out. Uh, I think I saw it on Twitter. Um, but I also saw, I think it might have been yesterday um, when Luca had his his 35 that he, he commented on that Instagram post and he said, we're going to have a lot of fun, little bro. And so, um, you know, whatever that may mean or whatever your, your Instagram post that you're talking about may mean, um, I think he's going to stay in Dallas. That's just me. I think, um, from what I've been hearing around here, people want to get him on the practice floor, like when he's healthy as soon as possible, so he can start playing with Luca and just fall in love with playing here. And so I think that's, that's what they're going to try to do. Yeah, I think they're going to give their best effort to keep Porzingis in Dallas. Um, as far as his comments, I think it was just, I think he's just carrying the saltiness of the fan base never really wanting him. Like when he got drafted, there was a lot of booze, a lot of disgruntlement, and then he became the unicorn. They're like, oh, okay, we love you now. But, you know, players don't forget that kind of stuff. And it, and it, and it drives them moving forward. So I think that was just his little last bit of, I got the last laugh. I got out of here. Now you're left with, you know, a rebuild. Potentially. I've, I don't know. I, I, this is my conspiracy theory. There's something going on in New York. I don't know. Uh, but overall, from from the trades perspective, I think, yeah, both teams won. It's really interesting to see what happens going forward in New York if they are able to land a large free agent such as Kyrie or Kevin Durant. Um, but that is actually a great transition because Kyrie has come out and said he basically doesn't know if he's going to re-sign with Boston. Uh, he's quoted saying, ask me July 1st, where previously he had committed to re-signing there, wanted to be in Boston, felt it was good. And now, of course, all of the rumors have started that he wants to go to L.A. You know, he apologized to LeBron or he's going to go to New York or he wants to go somewhere else. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Does this say more about drama in Boston or just more about Kyrie wanting to be the guy on a team? I want to jump in first because I want a formal apology from you, Andrew, because I hypothesized about Kyrie going to L.A. and you said I was on drugs. So this is your opportunity to apologize. <laughs> I still don't think he's going to L.A., but I'll apologize. You may not be on drugs, but it's just everybody. Anytime any large, uh, large free agent becomes available, oh, they're going to go to L.A. and play with LeBron. I mean, they're even saying which is also Clay very plausible. Now, but I digress. Correct. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not plausible, but you can't have all of them. No, it's, yeah, it's fine. You can't have all of them, but 
you can't you can't deny that that's not an option. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I apologize. It is definitely an option. Okay. Now, as far as Kyrie leaving, I love it. I am becoming a even though he went to Duke, I'm becoming a bigger Kyrie fan as each day passes. Um, I love that he is somewhat unapologetic about and, and also non-committal. I kind of like that as well, that he's not very committal about his future with a franchise because the franchises have had the power for too long. And now the players really need to take it back and, you know, control their destiny. So him playing games with, you know, yeah, I'm going to be here for a long time. And, oh, now you ask me J- uh, July 1st. I like it. I like the I like the um, the spunk. And I like that he is concerned with his own self before a team that makes 10 to 20 times more money than he will ever make in his lifetime. Uh, I like it. Um, I, I like the rumors going around with Kyrie. I think it all kind of started right after that phone call with LeBron that he had, uh, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. And um, I think it started everything, you know, and now with the Knicks clearing up room, you know, to sign him to a max deal. Um, I, I think the the Lakers is a very plausible idea. I'm sorry, Andrew. Uh, but I think, LeBron has kind of positioned himself in a place where he can say, okay, Boston, you want Anthony Davis? That's fine. I'll take Kyrie. But if you take, you know, if you keep Kyrie or get somebody else, I'll just take Anthony Davis. And um, I don't know. I, I like it. I think Kyrie has finally realized, okay, this is what I need to do to lead a team. I think that Boston team is better without him. That's my hot take. I said that last time. Um, but it would be nice to see him maybe move somewhere else. That team was loaded with talent and um, for him to be the leader somewhere else, I think would be, would be a lot of fun. And so I think that Boston team has a lot of pieces where they can grow and know they can be much better without him. Uh, but I like the move by Kyrie. Um, we'll see where he lands, but I think LA is pretty, pretty plausible. I want to propose a question really quick to you guys. So out of the, the guys who could end up in LA, Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, Kyrie and Kimba Walker. If you're the Lakers, who do you want the most? Anthony Davis. What were the the three again? Clay Thompson, Kyrie, Kimba, Anthony Davis. Not even a question. You want Anthony Davis? Yeah, I think you take Anthony Davis first. I, I, but I think, I think out of that, I think they're both. Obviously, you take Anthony Davis first. But I think they are both at the high priority level. And I'm going to add Clay Thompson in that list. I think they are both at the top of that level where you say, we'll be happy either way. Um, but obviously, you'd want Anthony Davis before you'd want anybody else on that list. Well, the issue with that is, is Anthony Davis is going to chew a lot of cap space along with LeBron. So you're going to need a guy that's going to take a pay cut, basically. And I think you'd see Kemba do that because he wants a ring. So he'd go for there. He'd go there to ring chase. You're not going to get Clay. I don't think he's already been on a team, been the third guy. He wants to go somewhere where he's going to get max money and be be the star. So I, I think most plausible and the guy you want most is Anthony Davis. And then I think you want a guy like Kemba who's going to play hard to get a ring. See, my apprehension with wanting Anthony Davis most is you may not be able to secure him until 2020. I think you what the Lakers should do is they should actually go after a Kemba Walker who will take a discount like Kelvin said, and then find that big man to fill in that, that spot. Hey Alex, well think about this though, right? Well, no one's touched on, not even us, but the media in general is a Contavious Caldwell Pope contract. 
the reason why we aren't including him in the trade is because if we keep him and then offload him, that'll give us a total of like 31 million in cap space to still get maybe a clay or even a second tier superstar at the same time to match with AD and LeBron, you know? Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the focus should be finding an offensive guard without, and, and also trying to keep Lonzo at the same time. So you can have that defensive stopper that, that, um, that clay, the, the clay Thompson of the Lakers where you, all right, the best guy go get him Lonzo. And then you have Kimba to, to tear them apart offensively. And then you have LeBron who's going to be LeBron. And then you, then you think about the front court, like, okay, now let's see if we can get Anthony Davis or a, a Nurkic or a KP possibly, depending if the money is right. Interesting. I actually have a question to pose to you guys anyway. I was going to pose this near the end of the podcast, but this just seems like a good question anyway, uh, or a good time. So Chris Middleton obviously became an all-star this year and is uh, on a contract year, and the Lakers have been cited as a, ta- a potential target. So uh, do you think that Chris Middleton goes is going to get – do you think they really want him? Is that just rumors? Uh, and how much do you think he helps that team? I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it too much. I think he'd fit. I think he'd fit pretty good with LeBron um, and what the Lakers do. Um, I think he fits very nice with Milwaukee right now. I'm sure they're going to want to try to keep him. Um, But he kind of, I don't know, him and Clay are not really the same player, but they're they're both pretty good shooters, obviously. And uh, they can play defense. I think either one of those guys would be an unbelievable fit. And that's why I said, you know, Getting one of those type of guys, a Clay, a Chris Middleton, is is a high priority along with, you know, dealing with your front court and Anthony Davis like we've been talking about. Um, but I could see Chris Middleton going. Um, I, think, I think we've said that about all the players, but I think he'd, he'd be a pretty good fit because he kind of has that Clay Thompson mold, I guess, in, in terms of how they play. So I think it'd be a nice fit. Yeah, I mean, I would be okay with having Chris Middleton as long as the price is right. Um I don't really see it, but if it happens, that's cool. I think he could fit in and, you know, have an impact beyond, um, you know, just having, you know, roster spot. I think he'll actually, you know, can produce really well in the offense. And like Kelvin said, he could be, he could fill that clay like mold. Um, Cause you know, Luke Walton wants to run pace and space similar to what the Warriors are doing. So you need a guy who can, you know, go get a bucket off ball. So, Sure. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, this whole offseason is going to be very intriguing to keep an eye out. Bringing this all the way back, though, to Kyrie, uh, and honestly, kind of wrapping it all together here in a nice little bow. One thought that I've had because Boston does not have the ability to trade for Anthony Davis, unless while Kyrie is on their team anyway, or re sign due to the Rose rule, which uh, if anybody can explain it better, please tackle it. But basically, you cannot trade for a player who has been MVP when you've already done it. So like they traded for Kyrie, who's won MVP and they haven't re-signed him uh, to an extension or a new contract, thus making them uh, unable to trade for Anthony Davis. So my interesting thought is that you're going to, a potential three team trade involving LA, Boston and new Orleans sending Kyrie to LA and then Anthony Davis going to Boston. Cause uh, Boston has made it very clear that Anthony Davis has been high on their list to get even before he wanted to be traded. So what do you guys think about that, if anything at all? I think that, uh, I think it's hilarious that Boston can't, you know, make a move because they've been, 
they've been kind of the puppeteers of the Eastern Conference, you know, making moves and moves that make more moves as far as, you know, hoarding these draft picks and, and trading for these players and then dumping IT before it, before like the injury thing really came out. But I, I, yeah, like I said, I think it's hilarious that they can't go for Anthony Davis right now, but I think Danny Ainge has a plan to get around this by either moving Kyrie or thinking he can wait for Anthony Davis to become a free agent. Yeah, I think, um, I think it'd be an interesting idea. I I just, I think I'm more, um, I'm more pushing at magic to get this deal done now. And I know a couple of you guys were saying maybe, you know, right now is not the best time to get Anthony Davis. I just don't like the fact that Danny Ainge could be on the phone all the time with new Orleans saying, Hey, we can offer more. We can offer more. Even if Anthony Davis has already said, Hey, I'm going to be a Laker no matter what. I think Boston is the only team on that short list that could convince them because they, they would be extremely good. And so if they make the finals, you have an unbelievable chance to sign and keep Anthony Davis. And so I don't like the fact that Boston can still whisper into new Orleans ear. Hey, we can, we can do this. We can do this. We have better assets than the Lakers do. So that's why I'm pushing for magic to get it done as soon as possible. Um, so look, if, if, if the three team trade works out and LeBron gets Kyrie, great. Um, but I think obviously you'd want Anthony Davis. And if the Celtics can get him, I think they have a pretty good shot at keeping him. See, the thing is that there's only been maybe two or three trades between the Lakers and the Celtics ever in the history of these franchises. So I don't think they will ever come to consi- I come to the the table and make a blockbuster trade. So I don't see that happening. Um, and also to your point, Kelvin, scared money don't make money. Like they can't, the, the Lakers can't be afraid of what other teams are doing. They got to stick to their plan. They got to stick to what's best for them. And they don't need to make moves to keep other, other teams from making moves. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, a good comment about the rivalry between Boston and LA. Nothing I, something I actually hadn't thought of, obviously, when I brought that up. So good thought there. Uh, and then a kind of last topic here as we round up this episode of the Breakdown Sports NBA podcast here. Uh, Luke Walton and the vets getting into it in L.A. after the Warriors game last night where Kyle Kuzma's funeral happened after DeMarcus Cousins killed him uh, and basically stared at his dead body for a good five seconds. And uh, so let's get some thoughts uh, on this. Is it time to get rid of Luke Walton? Jason Kidd is apparently uh, next to next in line behind him so uh interested to hear your guys' thoughts yeah i can jump in really quick first off thoughts and prayers to kyle kuzma and his family uh secondly luke walt is doing a good job with what he has if you think about it all three years that he's been involved with the lakers have been riddled with injury and he's never really had a full roster to even go 60 games with so to say that his method isn't working and that he doesn't have the locker room, I think is complete conflation and, and propaganda for people trying to hold this franchise down. Because if you look at the the offensive, the, look at the offensive pace, the defensive rating, they're playing good basketball. They just don't have all their pieces to win games. And if they could even get, 60 to 65 games of every single player on that roster healthy, 
they would be a three seed at worst. So Luke Walton's doing a good job. He doesn't need to be replaced. Jason Kidd is definitely not the answer because he couldn't, he's failed twice. Luke, this is Luke Walton's first chance. Give him four years and then evaluate to see if you need to move on, which I don't think they should anyway. Yeah. Yeah. At least, at least let him have, you know, at least let him run through his first round of rookies. Um, yeah, I don't think you need to move on from Luke Walton right now. First of all, it's not his fault that the best player on the planet missed a month of basketball. Um, and it's not his fault that Lonzo almost broke his ankle. And so, you know, he he didn't necessarily build this team either. This was kind of Magic and LeBron and, and Palinka all kind of working. So these 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 veterans that are on one-year deals that, that are maybe a little disgruntled or have egos or whatever – he didn't put this whole thing together. And so I think he's doing an amazing job with what he's got right now. Um, like we said, before LeBron even went down, what were they, a three seed in the West? And so we weren't even talking about Luke Walton's job at that point. Um, so keep, you know, I think we have to keep in mind what has happened over the last month and a half with injury. Um, and, you know, losing LeBron is kind of a big deal. It doesn't matter what team he's on. Um, but I do want to say, I want to throw a little take out there. If, if they were to move on from him, I know Jason Kidd is a name that's gone out there. I wouldn't mind seeing Mark Jackson in there. I don't know what you guys think about that. No, no Mark Jackson. It's too old. His offense would, it, it would look like everyone's standing still while the league is running past them. I want to see Jason Kidd go become head coach just so somebody else can suffer like I did for how many years <laughs> he is the worst head coach and I think if anybody can ruin LeBron it'd be him uh he ruined Jabari Parker and probably ended his career just based on the way he treated him uh and I just would love to see how that team crumbles under the head coach of Jason Kidd I agree I don't think it's time to move on from Luke Walton I mean the vet he got into the argument with was Michael Beasley who tried to check in with like compression shorts on one game and like he's just whatever he's not the guy whose opinion I'm really taking a lot of stock in um, even though he is a solid player and I enjoyed while he was a buck for a bit Um, but yeah I I don't see it being time to move on I, I find it somewhat entertaining that this is such a big deal, but this is just the large market of the Los Angeles Lakers taking up airtime. I feel like in the national media, whenever they can. Any other topics here as we, uh, as we finish this up? Totally agree. Uh, I think I'm pretty good. I just want to give a quick shout out to my alma mater, the university of Tennessee, number one in the country for the third straight week in the college basketball. They're killing it right now. I was just going to say that. Yep. I love it. Watched that whole game last night against the Aggies. I also I almost had tickets to go watch them last night uh, down at College Station, uh, but it just kind of didn't work out with the timing and stuff. So, but uh, they're they're playing awesome. I'm obviously from Nashville, and so when we moved over here, I stayed with the Vols, and I love the basketball team. Rick Barnes is doing an awesome job. That that team's for real. I didn't know you were from Nashville. What part of Nashville did you live in? I live just north of Nashville, um, town called Greenbrier, Springfield, kind of up in that area. Oh, you live in Springfield. I'm from Clarksville. Really? Yeah. Look, look what's happening on the show today. We're finding out amazing things. I'm just shouting out my balls. Okay. <laughs> Shocking the world. 
All right, guys, you guys can have your uh, first date uh, another time. I'll also remind you that this is an NBA podcast, not a college basketball podcast. <laughs> Shock the nation. Uh, no, that's great. Um, where can the people find you on the Internet if they are not already following you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Alex Norton. That's A-L-X-S-N-O-R-T-O-N. Um, you can be on the lookout for my next article on the breakdown sports on James Harden. I have broken down his offensive productions and I might have a way that defenses can defend him. So check that out. Calvin, how about you? You guys can find me on Twitter at K Del Valle 28 D E L. That's my, that's the first letter K D E L V A L L E the number 28 D E L. Um, and, uh, you guys can follow me there on Twitter. Yell at me, tweet me, whatever you want. Love talking sports uh, with my guys here and I love talking sports. Doesn't matter when. So yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter. Phil from behind the board. What about you? Where can people find you on Twitter? You can follow me on Twitter at Creole soul three. That's capital C lowercase R E O L E capital S lowercase O U L three. Follow me on Instagram at T underscore Ross three. It's all lowercase. You can follow me on Twitter at Jakubitz. That's J-A-K-U-B-I-C-Z. Um, and then you can follow The Breakdown Sports at The Breakdown Sports. It's B-R-K-D-W-N. Check out the website. Uh, Alex plugged his article. Calvin just had a good one called Lightning and Thunder. Check that out. www.thebreakdownsports.com. B-R-K-D-W-N. Uh, and as Alex mentioned, safe money don't make money. They're scared money don't make money. That's right. Uh, and you can go onto my bookie and start betting some money utilizing the breakdown code, code breakdown, B-R-K-W-N, to get a 50% bonus when you deposit a minimum of $100. Uh, so go on there, sign up, deposit 100 bucks, get a free $50 using code breakdown, B-R-K-D-W-N. Uh, my name is Andrew Jakubitz. I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast today. Go ahead and follow us on all different platforms spotify itunes stitcher google play everything subscribe write a review uh follow us all on twitter let us know what you think and uh shout out to all you listeners out there cheers